Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Tristan Terramino, and you're listening to Why Are People Into That? with Tina Horn. I'm so glad you're listening to the 25th episode of Why Are People Into That? The podcast that spritzes the air with rose water while it's fucking you in the ass. I'm your host, Tina Horn, and at the risk of comparing myself to greatness, this edition of Wire People Into That is kind of the podcast equivalent of the pegging episode of Broad City. That's right. Today, my guest is Girl Sex 101 author Allison Moon, and we are both the kind of babes who will do a handstand twerk when you call us from your boyfriend's bathroom trying to decide if you're going to use that green dildo he's farcically persuaded you to strap on. Speaking of friendship, I just want you to know that every single time a friend of mine gets married or breeds or breaks up, I always get them something from Smitten Kitten. Visit smittenkittenonline.com to shop for toys, books, movies, and lube for any occasion with the most sex-positive customer service you'll find anywhere. Smitten Kitten is the exclusive sponsor of this podcast, and they're offering our listeners a special discount. Enter code Y, that's W-H-Y, when you check out to get a generous 20% off your order. Quickly, before we get to my conversation with Allison Moon, I just want to tell you that my very first book has finally been unleashed upon the world. It has a very long title. Are you ready for this? Love Not Given Lightly Profiles from the Edge of Sex Porn Stars, Perverts, Femdoms, Rent Boys, and Other Professional Lovers. I'm incredibly proud of this very strange little nonfiction book about sex work, and I hope you'll read it and tell me what you think. If you like leather, spankings, $100 bills, lipstick, enemas, fancy hotels, masturbation, hairy armpits, witchcraft, or complicated genders, Love Not Given Lightly has something for you. You can pre-order it on that online behemoth, you know the one, and it will be coming soon to an independent bookstore near you. I'm still so high from last week's launch at the Bureau of General Services Queer Division here in New York City, and if you are in the Bay Area, you can come to the Center for Sex and Culture for my West Coast release on May 3rd. 
I'll also be teaching my digital dirty dispatches class at the San Francisco Armory that same afternoon. All the info you need for everything I just talked about is on the wirepeopleintothat.com blog. So, lube on up and relax for wire people into pecking. Hello, Allison Moon. Hi. Can I call you Allie? Sure. Great. Um, can everyone call you Allie or just me? I might not answer to it, but that's not because I'm offended. It's just because I'm not usually called it. Oh, nobody, nobody calls you that? Only my partner and my parents. Oh, that's funny. And then anybody my partner talks to about me before I meet them. That's funny. That's I feel like I call you Allie, but maybe... Well, because you met my partner before you met me, and yeah. then... He called me Allie, and then it's stuck that way. It's how that works. It's actually a good barometer for me to know whether my partner has met somebody before I have. <laughs> what do you prefer? Uh, either is actually fine. Allison is usually what I, I, I am known by, but Allie's That's fine. That's what makes your, it, little, your little ears. lesbian werewolf ears. So, <laughs> Speaking of lesbian werewolves, <laughs> besides being a charming, amazing person that I like having under my covers... Um, and no, I'm just, bleh. I, I am under your covers. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna riff on that, but I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> um, besides that, you have written some books. You're an author it's and true. a storyteller, yes. including two and counting books about lesbian werewolves yes. called... The, the series is called Tales of the Pack. Yes. First book's called Lunatic Fringe and the second one's Hungry Ghost. Yes. And will there be a third? Eventually. <laughs> it's, it's become kind of a passion project. As anything goes with series, you kind of have to hook people in the first book, and then you lose people with every subsequent book. Mm. So um, I, I, you know, I would, I want to do it because I have a lot of people who are waiting for it. But at the same time, I have so many other things to do. So it'll probably be a couple years. Yeah, that's fine. Anticipation. Yes. Yeah, it'll be like Return of the Jedi. Just like Return of the Jedi. But don't make well, it like The Godfather Part 3. I was actually ho really hoping that it would be like uh, Episode 1 of Star Wars, where people are waiting in line for it and then leave the theater completely crestfallen and miserable. <laughs> I had a boyfriend in high school who did that. He waited in line for days for those tickets, and then uh, everybody dressed up for the sh for Episode 1, and it was, I don't think this is a spoiler, a terrible movie. No, that's not a spoiler. Yeah. So they left in the middle of it? Oh, no, no. We watched the, the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh... It really is god-awful. It's just terrible. It's really, like, the worst. <laughs> it's terrible. I did watch it, um, recently with some, uh, six-year-old, uh, male children that I was, uh, babysitting, mm. and, um, it was interesting to see it with fresh eyes because they've been born even since the prequels have been out. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's even more of an American mythology than even it was for me. And I was born in 82. Mm -hmm. um, I never saw any of the original ones in the, mm -hmm. in the theater. But uh, also they, they were trying to, they were like, you're the good guy. You're the bad guy. No, no, I'm the guy with the spaceship. No, I'm the guy with the funny face. And then there was this moment where they were like, wait a minute. Is he, like, the kid that looks the most like mm -hmm. them, right? Is he the good guy or the bad guy? Oh, hey! Okay. And, and, spoiler alert, and, <laughs> and, uh, and I 
and I was like, well... And, you know, they were definitely, like, looking at me very intently, like, mm-hmm. you need to answer this question for us. Uh. It's very important so we know who is who. Right. And I'm just the babysitter, you know? So, <laughs> I, so I'm like, well, now he's good. Well, he's a little boy that looks like you. Mm-hmm. But later, <laughs> he becomes the evilest person ever <laughs> in the whole universe and they're like what and they said why again i'm the babysitter (laughs) so i'm like what do i do what do i do and i'm like well he made bad choices Because that's what happens, right? He's right. not fundamentally evil. Right. He makes bad choices. That is why he becomes Darth Vader. That's actually a pretty good education for kids to learn that not every bad guy you see is just born evil and hates the world because he or she hates the world. It's I actually... completely agree. Yeah? Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. Well, hopefully I made a great impression on those <laughs> blonde little tow-headed children, <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about at all. <laughs> Speaking of children, what? I cannot, no. I cannot even uh, resist an opportunity to talk about Star Wars. Did you <laughs> see the new trailer? No, I haven't. Oh yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a Star Wars trailer, you know. It doesn't yeah. have my. It's a teaser. It's very early. It's very early. What do you? Are you planning on? Are you disillusioned, or will you be seeing the? I'm pretty disillusioned. I didn't even see Episode Three. Uh, the one where actually Vader becomes Vader. Is that the one where Natalie Portman's face is really sweaty? Ah, uh, I don't remember. No, that's the second one. The second one is where sh- the Natalie She's Portman pregnant. clone is running around, and that's when she falls in love, and they have that horrible montage of like falling in love. Oh yeah, in love, yeah. like in a, in a in yeah. a meadow on another planet. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> no, I do remember that. No, it is the third one where she's sweaty because she's pregnant. Because <laughs> that's what that means in that world. But I don't know. I mean, it sort of seems to me like you spend like a billion dollars on her outfits and you can't give her a little bit of powder. <laughs> like in this, it's all the it's all the off from the from the white make cake makeup in the episode too. Oh my god. Well, anyway, Natalie Portman's doing fine. <laughs> um, uh, she doesn't need our help at all. <laughs> Um, but speaking of pegging, no, wait, I, I want, we're going to talk about why are people into pegging, but, uh, but, uh, first I just wanted to say that besides writing books about lesbian werewolves, you've also written a book that is out right now, self-published as well. All mm-hmm. of your books are self-published, yeah, correct? Yeah. That's very admirable. Thank you. Um, and, uh, so you have a book out now called Bad Dyke. True. And what is it that makes you a bad dyke? Well, it's kind of an examination of what makes somebody anything in terms of sexual identity at all. But sure. the short answer is that I was a lesbian identified person who fell in love with a man. A cisgendered a man. A cisgendered man. Yeah. 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 How's that working out for you? That's pretty good. Seven years strong. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. But I actually knew the answer to yeah, that question. But he's, he's sitting <laughs> in the other room. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's good because uh, for me, it was such an interesting journey around like, you know, coming to anyone's like sexual identity is a, is a journey, obviously, for most people. Um, and then the interesting thing is that so many of us think that that's an arrival point. And right. then what I actually learned was that, oh, like I got to this place where I thought I was going to be. And then I'm like, oh, there's all this other stuff on the other side of it. 
And that was, you know, polyamory. That was being partnered to a person whose gender I was not expecting I would be partnered to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, exploring open relationships and non-monogamy and, you know, with a, with a, with a, you know, my partner, my person, my partner, and then with, you know, all sorts of other friends and sexy friends and lovers and stuff. So, yeah. 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 I mean, especially when you're queer, you, uh, in most cases in modern society, you, um, you, you start off with this default programming and then you have to go through this whole fucking thing mm-hmm. to be like, no, I'm not. And then it's like, I'm still not, but it looks like the, I went back, but I didn't go back. I went mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. The going forward is really huge. And I think there's also like in the lesbian community specifically, there's this, uh, like the mythology of the Hasbian. So I think that it is, it does in many ways become this like kind of backsliding that they talk, talk about. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I do really do think it is like, you know, for me, my partner is just the exception. Like I'm still attracted to almost exclusively women. Mm. Um, but it's just kind of, he just got in, you know, through, he just slipped right in and <laughs> there he was. Yeah. And so it's a very, and I think that's for me, it's important to talk about that as that's my narrative. Like I chose to love him, even though I could have chosen to, you know, just say, I'm sorry, I'm a lesbian and close the door. Yeah. But instead I'm like, well, Hey, you know, love is hard enough to find in this world. Fuck. Yeah. Why the hell would I be sending it away when it's right there in front of me? So amazing. Well, I agree. Um, so I'm wondering if, pegging had anything to do with it. <laughs> that, that was a very graceful segue. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Remember yesterday when I was like, I'm going to work that in. <laughs> it took me all day to figure it out, and here we are. I slept on it. So yes, Tina Horn, uh, pegging did have something to do with it. Pegging had a lot to do with that, actually. The first time my partner and I had sex, it was when I, I pegged him. Uh-huh. And Can that- you get... Now, for our listeners at home... <laughs> Who are like, I have to say, whenever I, I, that term, it just always makes me think of like, like, uh, going back to, uh, children, unfortunately, it makes me think of like children's toys, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like little, like peg, it makes me just think of like little wooden, like little people you put in the car in life. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. A game for children of all ages. (laughs) But anyway, children have nothing to do with pegging. Um, You can't even make a baby with pegging. Not yet, but we'll keep trying. That's great. Let me know how that goes. Um, So, but for for our uh, friends uh, listening at home who don't know what pegging is, can you um, enlighten them? Sure. So the general definition is when a woman, kind of air quotes around a woman, uh, puts on a strap on and fucks a man, air quotes around man, up the butt. Up the butt. Up the junction. Up the junction. The grand junction. Uh, Grand central station. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's the the generally accepted term. Obviously, there's plenty of gender fuck stuff that you can do within that, but ultimately, that's kind of the standard. Like, it's a hetero pair with, you know, reversal of roles is kind of the way that a lot of people see it. Right, so that's so interesting. I feel like the term pegging as opposed to just saying I'm having anal sex right now, like, or even being more specific and saying strap on sex. Mm. Pegging is, I think a term that comes from a sort of heteronormative idea Mm. of 
like it's its own thing because it's so odd mm-hmm. that a woman would be the person with the phallus penetrating mm. the man's Correct. body. <laughs> the man. The man's body. Yeah, the totally. I mean, it's, it's, it is... The hole. Manhole. Yeah. The manhole. The man... Penetrating the manhole. <laughs> well, the thing, yeah, it is definitely the, the reversal. And it's what's interesting to me about pegging when you... If you Google it or whatever, is that you see that there are kind of two different ways that people interpret pegging. Yeah. One is, like, there's this super queer, like just queer kind of gender fuck way. Yeah. And then there's this other way, which is very much like femdom male sub. Totally. Which I think, you know, really, really ties to heteronormative ideas of what sex looks like. Of like, course. Man must be strong on top of lady, putting <laughs> penis inside of lady. And it's just, you know. Allison, you're getting me so worked up. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> um, like yeah. So it's really funny because like when people, and I actually had a article about pegging on a website for a while and I would do the search, you you know, I think I'd see most people were coming looking for info about femdoming. Right. Um, which is great, like, if you're into that. But it was just definitely, like, for me, it's very much about uh, egalitarianism. Like, right. when I put on my strap on, I'm not about to dominate my partner. I'm not about to humiliate my partner. Right. For me, it's like, this is another thing that we get to do together to share our bodies together. Absolutely. Uh, there, I mean, this is one of those examples that comes up on the show all the time, where uh, when you have a uh, a taboo or a notion that is actually um, quite oppressive, like the heteronormative idea that the only way for a, a man to be penetrated would be to be uh, forced or humiliated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and also for the, the only way that a woman would ever want to wear a strap-on or penetrate a man would have to be in this like punishment, sadistic domination um, mm-hmm. kind of a way. Um... So the kind of thing that we talk about on the show all the time is like, yes, so it's very important to identify that. And then once you, once you sort of have understood that, then feel free to go nuts with that taboo and how charged it is. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do a scene that takes advantage of the fact that you've been socialized to think such and such things about penetration, gender, heterosexual sex and what it looks Mm -hmm. like, um then then yeah go to town like i don't like you were saying like i don't have anything against a google search that come for pegging that comes up with lots and lots of uh femdom male sub um porn scenes or for that to be the thing that if people want to do it that they that they want to make that kind of pageantry in order to get there or have that kind of dynamic in order to get there mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that but it's not necessary or integral or essential it's not the only way right and that's something i like to you know talk about to people about because there is this assumption like if a man's curious about like anal pleasure all of a sudden he has to wear ruffly panties what and it's like well no actually yeah (laughs) there are a lot of ways to experience anal pleasure and pleasure in all ways without having to add this layer of power dynamic on top right but yes if you deconstruct and want realize that the power dynamic is what gets you hot then go for it yeah but I and don't, if the I, fluffy I panties s- are what get you hot, then also, by, all, by all means. By all means, send me a Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, send me a Snapchat. Do you have Snapchat? No. Okay. But we talked about it so much. I'm like, okay. I I'm just I really, I'm just really into it. Susie Q actually is the one who got me into it. I feel like it's the, what the kids are using these days. You yeah. Know? I don't have Tinder. I don't have Snapchat. I feel like I'm aging out of well, something Well, Tinder, you have to be, well, you don't 
have to be on the prowl, but you have to be, at least be like curious to sort of like look through, you know, collect them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> like pogs. Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, slammer. Once you've got a slammer, do you remember that? No. Oh. Did you not collect pogs? Not collect pogs. Magic the gathering. Anyway, <laughs> I had friends. I went to the prom. <laughs> no, you had to get a slammer. And then the slammer was the thing that you that you slammed down to flip the pogs over. Uh, okay. My boyfriend was really good at it. And he would take all he took my Jurassic Park pogs. <laughs> Jurassic Park pogs. They were great. They were so great. Oh my god, I feel so old. Like what is the average age demographic of the, the what why are people into that podcast listener? I you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I would love for people to write me and tweet at me and tell me how old you are. Because <laughs> like is the pog <laughs> reference going over your head or is the Snapchat reference going over your head? This you know, we're trying to be uh, as inclusive as possible. Yeah. Um speaking of Twitter, are is anybody responding to your no. tweet? Yeah. People are retweeting it, but nobody's responded yet. Well, that's good. Retweeting is good. That is good. A retweet is a is better than nothing at all. <laughs> that's right. Okay. 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 Pogs, Snapchat. Right. So, um, we were talking about. Oh, okay. So, so let me ask you this. As a lesbian identified dyke type lady. Perhaps before you came to heterosexual partnership, well, heterosexual partnership, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Having sex with a cis man. Yeah. Did you have experience wielding a strap-on? Well, yes. So I had an experience wielding a strap-on with vagina owners. Um, So that was, but it's a very different experience. And I actually was excited about how different it was when I first penetrated uh, a man up the butt. Um, but yeah, I mean, wearing a strap-on and packing to a certain degree, so wearing a strap-on under clothes and with the intention of, you know, turning on a partner or maybe. Um, so those are all things I had I'd done. Um, some of the interesting things that I, I I noticed in the difference between, you know, penetrating a vagina versus penetrating a, an ass with a strap-on, Yeah. Um, it was actually a lot of, like, the mechanics of it were so different, which yeah. I thought was very exciting. Um, but, you know, with, with when you penetrate somebody with a strap-on in general, you don't have any biofeedback, or you don't have a lot of biofeedback specifically on the cock itself. Right, right. Which means you're kind of, like, flying with, you know, with instruments. You know, you can't actually figure out what's going on by sensation. Um, so things like, you know, uh, penetrating too deep can be an issue with people with cervixes, you know, because right, you can right, hit right. the end of the cul-de-sac and it can hurt. Uh, so, you know, you have to adjust for shallowness or depth. Um and a lot of just that kind of stuff I find really fascinating. Yeah. Girth is usually a really good thing with vaginas. Right. And girth is actually often more important than depth for most people or mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was, you know, that's kind of the stuff you learn as being a strap-on wielder with women, quote-unquote. Um, and so when I switched to being a person who uses a strap-on with, well, not switched, but when I added to my repertoire uh, <laughs> pegging, I was really excited to see certain things become more or less important. So for one, like, the difference between, and if this gets too technical. Oh my God, please get technical. <laughs> okay. Well, Is there a cervix in the manhole? <laughs> there is no cervix in the manhole. It is a long road of open highway. 
which is one of the reasons why I'm sure when you talk about anal sex, it's like flared base for toys or anything you put inside your butt. That is correct. You know, I'm all about the flared base because the other end of your ass is your mouth. There is a song cover there all about that flared base. It's not, it doesn't scan correctly, but. That's a lot of syllables. It just made me think of that, that all about that that song. That song is about butts, right? Well, it's about booty. I mean, so butts, booty, same thing, I guess. Yeah. Although I think of it slightly It's the same Same genre. concept. As yeah. Same general concept. Yeah, that would be interesting. Anyway, um, so, so but uh, So there's no... Um, I love it when you touch my thigh oh, to make a point. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, no, don't be sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. When, uh, when you... Uh, when you... So there's... Uh, it's a long, open road. Right. And but, so... But when you're wearing the strap-on, you, my friend, become the flared base. That's true. But I cannot get sucked up farther than I want to go, luckily. <laughs> that is a great... I'd like to see that animation. I know. It feels yeah. like... Ralph Bocci... I don't know. Anyway, keep, <laughs> keep, keep talking. Keep talking. So yeah, so, um, you know, vaginas, cul-de-sacs, anus, colon, long stretch of open highway. So, I mean, some switchbacks, but ultimately... Switchbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately... Um, yeah, I mean, when you put anything in a butt, a butt can take it and keep it um as opposed to vaginas anyway so uh with putting things up butts there the the sphincters is really what uh, oftentimes feels really good for people receiving stuff in their butt so you've got and the sphincter is the the muscle uh, around the anus correct. correct yeah and so ultimately you'll kind of there are two two sphincters right right at this kind of surface right the one that you control and then the one that you can't control oh yes that's right there's two of them and then there's a third one at the you know top of the colon which there's a third yeah which is the one that kind of loads I need the chamber. To brush up on my anatomy. Yeah, Wait, loads the. Can you make that gesture again, just for me? Loading the chamber. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyways. So there's three sphincters mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. So Great. three that three that you could theoretically touch as a penetrator. Yeah. Um, and so it's usually so the the length of the dildo when you're pegging is often less important, or actually, you can go longer with anus penetration than right. you can with vaginal penetration, because the colon is generally longer than most people's vaginas, and also, like, at the top, you're gonna hit the that sphincter, right. but that sphincter also is is flexible, so generally right. speaking, if, as long as your partner or you enjoy that sensation, you're not going to cause a lot of problems by going deep, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that can actually be really yummy for a lot of people. Yeah. So what about girth? So girth is actually the one that I've noticed is actually more challenging for people because, you know, with, with anuses, like we're so used to as human beings, like clenching and holding because we don't want to poop in an, in a, in an inop- inappropriately poopable time. Um, so <clears throat> when we talk about like anal retentiveness, it's like this kind of notion that we hold on to things. So um, what I've noticed is girth can be a lot more challenging for people because vaginas designed to stretch to extraordinary with to extra ordinary extraordinary so the, you know vaginas with the right amount of lube and relaxation can go pretty awesomely wide uh anuses, i have met some extraordinary anuses oh god yes way. absolutely yeah. i mean you can train your anus to relax to that degree i've seen some fascinating things as have I <laughs> and as can you tender listener if you google properly I wouldn't recommend it but it's possible well depends on anyway it consent. depends on what you're into yeah <laughs> exactly consent 
<laughs> Make sure you, that you yourself are consenting to the search that you yourself are about to do. <laughs> Basically. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I, it definitely can happen, but for most people when they're first exploring any sort of anal penetration, what feels the most intense is not the length, it's more the girth. Because any sort of stretching beyond what they're used to can feel like a lot. Um, it's I find yeah. that the sensitivity of, of girth can be much more stimulating and intense than you know other orifices uh, have you found um now you were talking about vagina havers but um many vagina havers also have assholes <laughs> almost all of them I, <laughs> I would be willing to say so i'm curious if you had uh done a lot of strap on anal play uh, or if you had before, or if you mm -hmm. have, and how you find the anatomy might be different for a cis man versus a cis woman. That's interesting. Um, I think that um, I have penetra I have pe penetrated with strap on women. I don't know if I'd be blow up the butt um, or cis women. Um, and so the difference is actually far more, in my experience, um, intellectual, emotional. Interesting. Because I think so many women are so used to getting penetrated as part of their normal sex life. That's right. There's less anxiety and fear associated with the penetration itself. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean that from a sensation point. Like, there's a certain amount of, like, this is a normal feeling. Like, right. This is, it is normal to feel like there's a lot of stuff happening inside of my body. Right. Whereas a lot of guys, if they've not had a lot of penetration play, they don't know what that is supposed to feel like. So there's right. a lot more working up to it. Um but again, like that's purely anecdotal. I can't speak for like anatomies specifically, or yeah. you know whether the perineum make between men and women makes a huge amount of difference. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think is the? Well, let's talk about strap-ons. What do you love about using a strap-on specifically for anal sex? Um, as opposed to using your hand or a toy? Mm. Well, as opposed to using my hand, I find it that, um, well, my partner specifically, who I spend most of my time pegging, well, that's a weird syntax. I don't spend most of my time pegging him, but most of the time... Most of pegging your pegging somebody, him. is him. Right, Correct. got it. Thank yeah. you. That was interesting. <laughs> I'm pegging right now. Um, anyway. I feel like you do spend a lot of time pegging. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Sometimes you know, like when, with any sex thing that you really like, it will just kind of like kind of fall out of favor not out of favor but like all of a sudden you're like we haven't done routine. that in a while yeah, yeah why yeah. haven't we done that in a while so pegging is one of those things where it's on the menu all the time and then like seasonally it kind of like drops off the menu yeah i know when, what you like, mean you know when other things come on yeah yeah anyway. but then that's what's great about a long-term relationship is that then something comes back around and you're like still like this <laughs> still like doing it with you pegging is back in season <laughs> yeah totally yeah totally i like that when it happens um yeah, so, uh, strap-on. What do I like about it? Is that the question? Yeah. Um, it's interesting, because I feel like there's a lot to like about wearing a strap-on. Totally. There's so much to like about wearing a strap-on. So true. Yeah, I think, you know, and it's funny for me, because, like, I don't... There's a certain gender element to it, for sure, but for me, it's not like... No, I, I am a man. Right. And, like, I actually... And I have plenty of my own gender stuff, in general, like, as a queer woman... But it's so funny because I'm like, I don't like there are people who connect so deeply with their with their dicks when they put them on. You totally. Know? And which I, is uh, hot and awesome, hot and awesome. And I totally, totally get it. For me, it's really more about like I'm putting this thing on to give somebody pleasure. Yeah, 
I'm actually the same way when you put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So yeah, that's kind of, it's, and it's funny, like, and again, like I love hand sex. I love using toys with my hands, but yeah, I think something about like putting on something that will be part of me, Yeah. even though it's not mine, you yeah. know, like yeah. putting on something that will be part of me so that I can have my hands free and that I can hold mm-hmm. and kiss and all these fun things. Like that's really kind of where I get excited about using a strap on. Um, I think also, like, just in terms of, like, the, the aesthetic of sex of, like, grinding hips together. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that to me is just so hot. So, like, if I can have something that's attached to my pelvis that I can use with my, you know, the core of my body yes. to generate the sensation and thrust, that to me is really sexy. You are describing... That is... That's it for me. That's, that's what I love about it. I love... Like, I... When I put on a strap-on, I get excited because... I am, I sort of feel like, it's not always this way, but I sort of feel like, okay, now I'm driving this car. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of a sexier word than car. Hot rod. Hot rod. I'm driving this hot rod down that open highway. (laughs) Straight to Pleasure Town. Population City. Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> um, somebody should pay me to write a dirty talk book. Anyway, I, uh, no, I just, uh, I, I'm, uh, yeah, that, that hip thing, and that, as nerdy as it sounds, the, the core, using my, um, my core to just, like, grind into somebody and, you, like, using, using my body to thrust into somebody is just, I, I could do it, I could do it all day. Oh, yeah. And all night. Yeah. You know, I was talking to a a friend of mine uh who is a uh larger gentleman, a fat and proud gentleman um whose partner is also a large and proud gentleman and I was we were talking about different dicks that we like mm-hmm. and um and I was like, "What's your favorite dick?" and he was like, "Oh, well, I don't I don't really use them that often." And I uh, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? That's, like, that's what sex... I mean, there's lots of things that I like to do, but that's, like, that's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. And I just can't imagine, really, like, a sex life without it um, mm-hmm. in high, ro- heavy rotation, so to speak. And, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, he was just pointing out that different sized bodies... Um, strap-ons are maybe more or less comfortable Mm -hmm. or convenient or just just preferable um so i guess i just wanted to say that that if it's not something that that works for your body or your mobility Mm -hmm. then um but i think that there are actually i think maybe i sort of suspect that people get the idea in their head that there's a certain way to wear a strap-on and Mm -hmm. a certain uh uh, positions or certain kind of sex that strap on sex is regardless of what hole you're penetrating or mm-hmm. what genders are involved. Um, but actually, first of all, there are lots of people who make all different size harnesses. Oh yeah. 
Um, and definitely all different sized dicks. And, oh, yeah. you know, you can, you don't have to be on top to be the strap on top. You can totally oh, yeah. be like laying on your back. Oh yeah. That's one of my favorite positions. Riding you. Yeah. I Tell me about that. some of, some positions that you like and what some pros and cons of some different pegging positions. Okay. All right. Well, so the standard one that I use with my partner, because my partner is a lot bigger than me too, which is really fun. And that's yeah. an exciting thing. I think in any sort of relationship where there's like kind of a, a disparity of size. Yeah. I'm not a particularly small person, but it's really fun to be able to like really throw my weight on somebody and not have to worry about hurting them. And as for me, like being a lesbian for so long, yeah. like as a bigger woman, you know, like strong, big, tall, like yeah. I was always in that like back of my head, like, I don't want to hurt my frail little lady. And I'm like, <laughs> oh God. And so it's nice to be like, I'm with a partner who I'm like, no, I'm going to literally lay on you and give you all of my weight and yeah. while I fuck you, which is really fun. Uh, anyway. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, the classic position, kind of like him on his hands and knees and me behind him, is still my favorite. Um, and what do you it, like about it? Well, it works particularly well for our bodies because our thighs, like, when I, when I kneel behind him, yeah. I'm at the generally the right height for yeah. penetrating him at, at an angle that he likes. Yeah. Um, which is just, again, like, it's just kind of an interesting nuance of our specific bodies. Oh, um, it's like you were made for each other. Oh, my gosh. It's so sweet. Um... <laughs> So, but at the same time, like leaning forward and giving him my body weight and then like being bear hugging him from behind mm. is really nice because I can hold onto his shoulders and I can use his own body to like kind of be the stability thing that I use to like thrust into, uh, which is great. And he likes that kind of feeling of like being kind of like manhandled. So for me, like to kind of wrap, I mean, like I, it's, back to Star Wars, it's a Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A little bit like I'm Yoda, and he's Mark Hamill. Um, oh my god, that is... I had a big poster of that when I was a kid. Well, now you're never going to be able to see it the same way. Luke Skywalker's arm muscles in those scenes are like, you have been lifting Yoda on this planet for a while oh, and during your... That's good. I was just talking about hot arm muscles and how, like, finally something switched to my brain where I'm like, men's or big, strong arm muscles? I like them. Yeah. I never I liked noticed how, them. I liked, I, liked how, I liked how lean he was. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, he was... You know, he was studying to be a Jedi, so he had to be, like, had of, like, a strong body, but also, be, like, sagely wisdom. Mm -hmm. So much Star Wars talking. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so so you, so, it, so, wait, like so you're like Yoda on on Luke Skywalker's back. I'm really glad you went there. Yeah, um, yeah, or you're like the big spoon. Yeah, big spoon. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So um, but yeah, like being able to kind of like wrap my arms around his neck like it's a piggyback ride, right? <laughs> so it's like that, and then thrust. <laughs> I mean, for people who like having their hair pulled or, you know, being choked or anything like that, like, that's a really great position because you've got spanked. access to all of that spanked. It's great. Um, yeah, so that, I like that position for that reason. And again, like, it's a very comfortable position for a lot of people who, you know, who are okay with their knees. Right, like, right, being right. being on your hands and knees can be really nice and comfy to get penetrated. I love being, I love receiving a, a, a you know, quote-unquote doggy style or on my yeah, hands yeah. and knees, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really, so I like that one a lot um, with, you know... 
partners facing each other is quite nice too. So it's like they put their legs in the air and mis- missionary style. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's nice too. Different in terms of depth, um, sure. for sure. Um, which is you know great, and it also usually it kind of creates a different kind of angle. So for people who like uh, prostate sensation, that can be really good because missionary missionary position, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of I mean, especially if your dick kind of curves up or at least points up in a certain way yeah or if you have like a strong prominent head to your dick mm-hmm. um that can create nice prostate play just like almost like you can think of it as like a g-spot you know like sure. what you would do for a g-spot is what you can do for a prostate yeah 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 um and then but i do really like and this is not something my partner's favorite so we don't do it very often but i do like being on my back and having partners ride me um i just think it's really sexy to look at somebody at that angle yeah um and to kind of like watch somebody just kind of take take charge and fuck me, you know, fuck my cock. Mm. Mm, fuck mm. my cock. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot. So that's really fun. And that's something I do with people of all genders and depending, regardless of whole, you know, it's just, it's just, I like being on my back, watching them bounce on top of me and have a grand old time. Oh God, this conversation. I know. Yeah, my. Um, uh, what, um, so, uh, what are some different, um, kinds of, uh, harnesses that you like? So I've always used, and I've used the same harness for low many years. Um, I like just standard leather jock harness. Yeah. Um, and I like those because and I often recommend them to people who have bigger booties because a lot of those straps are very long when you buy it. And yeah. so they'll re- they, they're really able to kind of cross many, traverse many mountainous areas <laughs> of flesh, which I think is great for big booties. Um, and People, some of these people like thongs for that reason too, because right. it's the same leather, but there's a lot of it, so it kind of goes down your crack instead of under your ass cheeks, which is less comfortable for some people. Um, but I've always liked it because I like to be able to to kind of hoist it. I've got the D ring kind, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. put it on and then I can tighten it down, and then as we fuck and it gets loose, I can keep just tightening it as we right, go. Right, right. Um, that's something that I've always really enjoyed, and especially with leather in general, it just stretches over time. Yeah, plus leather. Yeah, which and leather. I like leather. I like leather too. Yeah, and I like. I, I agree, uh, or I'm I'm the same as you in the sense that I I don't necessarily feel um, a sense of masculinity per se when I put on a strap on, but I do love having uh, my same leather harness also that I've had for mm-hmm. a really long time, the Jaguar from Aslan Leather. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, Carrie Gray. <laughs> um, that uh, feels like a part of me, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't necessarily mean l- like a masculine part of me per se. It's the strap-on part of me. Yeah, I feel that way about boots. Yeah. So it's like for me, like when I put like I've always always had a, a pair of beloved black leather boots. Yeah. And if I'm without them, I feel weird. Yeah. Like they're just they're they're me. They're utilitarian. They make me feel strong in the way that your favorite outfit makes you feel strong. Totally. So yeah, like it doesn't make me feel gendered in any specific way. It just makes me feel like you know Allison version two point Like uh-huh. this is how uh-huh. I am when I'm wearing my favorite boots or my favorite harness. Yeah. I just feel like hot, strong, ready to take on the world. Yeah. Or the butt, as it were. <laughs> the highway. <laughs> the highway. Um, yeah, but there are there are other kinds of harnesses. Uh, you know, if people are vegan, first of all, there are vegan leather style mm-hmm. um, uh, harnesses uh, on the market. Um, but then there are um, ones that are made of synthetic material that mm-hmm. you can just put in the laundry, which well, is nice, yeah. especially if you're super slutty and you... you 
Well, it's also good for like you know the the Santorum factor, which happens yes. sometimes. Can you can you tell us what Santorum is? The frothy mixture of fecal matter and lube that is sometimes a product of anal sex. Yes, a byproduct of anal sex. Uh, that coined, of course, by Dan Savage um, and should be, you know, spread all over the world. Yes, spread um, Santorum. Spread Santorum. Yeah, so... Uh, spread it on the walls. On the walls, on the floors. But yeah, so it sometimes happens. It's, I mean, you know, like just kind of luby, sometimes a little bit of poop and not very much yeah. kind of thing. So for people who, you know, are squicked out by that or just for cleaning in general, yeah. it's really great to have like the underwear style harness, like the spare parts kind of, right. like where you just throw them in the wash. Um, right after that's pretty nice and also like for me sometimes like if I'm afraid it's going to be messy if we're using a lot a lot of lube Mm -hmm. and if I'm on the bottom I'm not not quite sure how I feel about like the possibility of lube dripping on my vulva like wearing the spare parts or the rodeo for instance um, those are both brands of underwear style harnesses Um, I feel like you know covered and protected and so then I don't have to worry about like if we want to keep fucking if it would be, be you know unhygienic or not Right, right, right. Yeah, so sometimes it's about safer sex in terms of being able to thoroughly clean, uh, uh, using a synthetic harness that you can thoroughly clean, because you you can't thoroughly clean um, leather in terms of safer sex because leather is porous, right? Um, So, so yeah, so it can be about multiple partners, um, and wanting to use a clean harness um, with different partners, but it can also be about the same partner and just the totally not shameful, just ordinary byproduct of messiness. And mm-hmm. there, you can love the messiness, but not, for example, want there to be centaurum on your vulva. True. Yeah, yeah, for lots of reasons. Yeah, um, so those harnesses are good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, um, segue a little bit because you brought up Centaurum um, to talk about some stuff about anal play, um, which is encompassed by pegging. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about how it's really important to always use a flared base, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we talked about a little bit about anatomy um but let's let's talk about mess let's i just i feel like it can never be talked about enough <laughs> that it's uh you sort of sim- when when it comes to anal sex you simultaneously have to accept that fecal matter could be a part of it mm-hmm. but also be aware that shit is not actually stored in the rectum mm-hmm. so it's it's actually entirely possible to have a full deep anal play session um, without encountering any toilety type stuff. You betcha. Whatever. Um, but what are some ways to just be more uh, aware of that and, mm-hmm. and perhaps um, avoid that? Like, for example, what is your opinion of enemas? Well, you know, I've actually never used one, but I do have partners who've used them who use them every time they clean out every time before they receive anal sex, which, you know, if that makes you feel better, like Mm -hmm. then more power to you. They're fun. Yeah. Um, just as an activity, I like them. Cool. That's exciting. They're actually, I find them like quite relaxing and and stimulating. I can imagine. I mean, do you not have the cramping thing? I mean, sometimes, but usually, usually it takes a lot to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, the water, I mean, the, what, uh, like, the nozzle of the, if it's a fleet enema or the, or whatever, it's like, it's like a crazy shower enema, mm-hmm. um, 
and also the water do stimulate the same nerves mm -hmm. um, that it, you know a, a hand or a toy or a cock mm -hmm. um, would stimulate. So, but in a different way. So sure. it's kind of um, and deeper, like instantly deeper. Mm -hmm. So, um, but without as much. Um, I mean, because it's water. Yeah, no resistance. You're not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so I find it like a total rush, actually. That sounds great. I've always wanted to try one, but I've never done it. Oh, well. Yeah, but I, I definitely know people who clean out. And again, like for a lot of people, like almost every almost every time I talk about anal sex, the f one of the first questions is like, but what about poop? Yeah. Which I totally get. But again, like the, the vision that some people have when they ask that question is like, oh no, it's going to be like poop all over. It's going to be like a pig pen. Um, it's not at all. Yeah. So I, I find that like even the, the messiest I've had when it's not intentionally messy, because you can definitely do like the intentionally messy if you're into that kind of play, but totally. that's a whole other show. Um, <laughs> So for if you're if you're worried like even the messiest I've ever had has been like not that big of a deal. Right. Um so I think that you know there are certain things you can do. One thing is I we actually most of the time when I'm we're planning on pegging I have a whole little like little kit, little routine thing specifically oh, yeah. for that. Oh yeah, what's in the kit? Uh so we've got our our blanket, our liberator blanket. Nice. Um which I really like just to have, you know, so I don't have to worry about my sheets getting luby. Mm -hmm. Uh so mm -hmm. a liberator blanket, um a set of handy wipes. Uh, obviously lube, I usually like to have two different kinds, silicon and water-based, mm -hmm. which can create that like nice dual uh, cushiony kind of uh, feeling. Yeah, because uh, silicone lube is great for anal play because mm -hmm. the ass does not self-lubricate and silicone lube isn't absorbed into the body as quickly as mm -hmm. water-based lube. Correct. Um, but with pegging, you're uh, cock is usually going to be made of silicone because mm -hmm. most great strap-on compatible, uh, safe, uh, and healthy, uh, dildos by which we mean not made of gross off-gassing material. Mm -hmm. Um, dildos are going to be made of silicone, mm -hmm. which is non-porous, which makes them easy to completely disinfect. Mm -hmm and use with multiple partners, but anyway, um, or just feel that it has been cleaned after anal play so that you then can use it in a vagina after you've cleaned it. Right. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so, so that's one of the reasons why water-based lube is good. Right, 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 toys. right, right. But, but you don't want to use silicone lube with a silicone toy yeah. because they just are like, I don't like my own kind. So then, then, then the, sil <laughs> the silicone lube, that's how I always imagine the little silicone molecules being like, there's only room in this town for one of us. And and then the silicone lube can like degrade the quality of the silicone toy, but you can always put a condom on it. Sure. Which is why we always use condoms. And I like just using condoms on toys in general is just a good practice because again, like you don't have to worry about the kind of lube you use, you use totally. much. And for, again, if you want to keep using that toy with a different body or a different orifice, you can just take off the condom and keep using the toy without having to run to the dishwasher, you know? Right. And this is what I really like about um, condoms in general. They're just so neat and tidy and help keep everything handled. Um, so generally speaking, what you'll find is when you penetrate... Oh, well, let me finish my kit. Um, oh, yes, please. So uh, lube, uh, condoms. Uh, and then I like to actually keep a little spritz bottle of something that smells good. So rose water or like minty fresh, like air freshener stuff. I mean, not like Lysol, but like, you know, like a little squirt bottle of like 
you know... That's actually really nice. It's lovely, actually, because for me, it's like, again, like, I don't care if it smells a little bit pooey, but, like, I also want my partner to feel comfortable. Totally. And I don't want them to feel ashamed of their body or anything, which can happen when you're like, oh, I made it stinky. You know, it's not bad. It's not a horrible thing, but people can have their own stuff that comes up around shame and stuff. So I'm like, totally. if, if anything I can do to make my partner feel more comfortable and, you know, sexy, even afterwards, like, I'm going to do. Yeah. So having that little bot- spritz bottle of rose water is really nice, actually. That's that's a great tip. I have to say, I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought about that before, but that's super nice. Yeah. yeah. So again, concerns about poo. Uh, so when one penetrates uh, butt with the dick, um, generally speaking, when poo is a factor at all, what usually ends up happening is that it's a little tiny bit at the very tip of the dick. And that usually depends on how deep you go and how long the dick is. Because again, like you said, there's no poop in the colon until you're actually ready to poop. Right. Like, so what that third sphincter, that's what the third sphincter does. The third sphincter. Thank goodness for that guy. I know. Right. We like it's a hard working little sphincter. Totally. Uh, so basically what happens is the, that third sphincter up at the top of the colon is what opens to let the poop into the colon, which is when your body's like, oh, I need to poop. And if you don't poop when you feel like you need to, what will happen is that will actually go back up inside. It will go back up. Retreat. Retreat out of the colon and back up into your intestines until you are actually ready to poop. So when you don't feel like you have to poop, it's because you don't have anything in your colon. And again, if you have anything, it's like a little fleck here and there. It's not like an actual, like, load. (laughs) Right. And, but then, when you have a dick in there, if you're not used to it, or even if you are your body is like, oh, this means it's time for a movement. Right. And sometimes it just, it takes some psychological getting used to where mm-hmm. you're like, no, it's not time for a movement. It's time for fucking. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's time to just relax and feel mm-hmm. great because yeah. this lady with a strap on is given it to me. Totally. Yeah, so so that, absolutely, that psychological, like, I'm pooping, oh my god, is actually not happening. It's kind of like ejaculation with feeling like you're peeing, for those of us who do that. Right, but exactly. Like, I'm peeing. I was like, no, I'm not peeing. I'm ejaculating. Different. Right, it is, I, I agree, it's totally analogous, where mm-hmm. you need to, if you want to go there, you need to learn to it, just accept that feeling as part of what's happening, and and then sort of opens it up to other other potential feelings. Exactly. So yeah, yeah and that's again like a kind of breaking down the heteronormative paradigm and finding all sorts of other sensations Let's on the other break side. break it down! Um, anyway, so back to poop. Uh, so finally what ends up happening is if you have a long dick that's long enough to traverse the colon and get to the, the top of that, that sphincter, oftentimes what will happen is that penetration will kind of will kind of poke through this that top sphincter a little bit and that's sometimes where the poo can come from right so it's a little tiny little little dab of it at the top the tip of a dick is usually where it happens if it happens at all when you're you know when you're just having the normal you know ass penetration yeah so again so what ends up happening for around why condoms are so good is that you can pull out when you're done and you can take the condom off by kind of kind of stretching at the base and and turning it inside out over the tip Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then you know tying it off like you would with a condom with a load of anything in it and then throwing it away 
Yeah. And it becomes a really easy way to clean up. And then, like, there's not a whole lot of shame associated with, like, oh, there's a little bit of poo. It's, like, it's, so... It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Ta-da. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, so it's really... I find it really nice um, to use condoms for that reason, because it's easier for cleanup. And then handy wipes are great for just if you feel like you've got a little bit of extra in your crack, you can just wipe it off, especially with the lube. When the lube comes out, it feels like a lot is happening down there. Yeah. So just being able to clean up with a handy wipe feels really nice, too. Yeah, I also find that taking a shower right before anal play is just really nice because, first of all, it's relaxing, Mm -hmm. right? Take a nice hot shower, your body's relaxed and ready to be done things mm-hmm. to um, <laughs> grammar um, and uh, and uh, you know and then even if you're not doing an anal douche or, or an enema um, but you're just you're just scrubbing down there I, I think that a lot of the time it's less about actually getting rid of any trace of foulness, but just feeling, but having like more psychological peace of mind, Mm -hmm. um, that you are clean and ready to present yourself. And maybe you're like peppermint soap scrubbing it. So you are like nice and fresh and tingly. Exactly. And, uh, um, and then and I have to say, I'm somebody who loves body smells. I'm not saying that I love the smell of shit, but, like, the smell of asses is delightful. <laughs> and um, I actually find that when you take a shower, then, like, the smell of pheromones and the smell of arousal and the smell of cum uh, it, it is actually more pronounced. Mm. Um, so I used to be like, fuck showers, I like smells, but actually... It, I I find that like the contrast makes it more. Yeah, you're starting distinct. with like a neutral place. Exactly, so, like, cleansing the palate. <laughs> exactly, is basically what I'm talking True. about here. The palate is the butthole. There we go. Uh huh. It's like having a little ginger in between rolls. <laughs> a little, little sorbet. A little sorbet. Some <laughs> mango sorbet. <laughs> Spitting in a bucket. I don't know. Thinking about wine tasting. Anyway, so... Butts. Butts, butts, butts. Hooray for butts. What else? Okay, so uh, here's another thing that I wanted to ask you. Another book that you've written Mm. that is coming out in March of 2015 is called Girl Sex 101. Mm -hmm. And just give me a little... Elevator pitch on Girl Sex 101. Girl Sex 101 is a road trip in a book. Uh, that's That was the beginning of my Kickstarter. Uh, so Girl Sex 101 is a introduction to lesbo sex uh, using a lot of very 101 terminology. It's heavily illustrated by Katie Diamond, an awesome, sexy illustrator. So it's kind of a quasi-comic book. A, like I call it an illuminated sex ed book because it's not quite a comic book, but definitely like every page is every page is magic. Um, and it basically takes you on this trip through all the various aspects of intro to, to lady sex, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. including anatomy, orgasm, uh, squirting, hand sex, strap-on, uh, toys, anal, uh, relationships, communication, consent, all sorts of things that you need to know to feel like you are prepared to get down with the sexy time. Um, and there's also a, com- a fiction component to it, which is a, it's kind of quasi-erotica, where each chapter starts with a story between these two characters uh, where they do some hot things to each other, and then the rest of the chapter is the nonfiction that 
explains how they did it and what they did. Amazing. Thanks. This is the first time I've heard about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm got my credit card out. Wait, that's a lie. I wrote the thing for it. You did. I did. So there's also, you didn't even mention, there's so fucking much going on in this There's a trip. lot going on. Um, uh, so many detours and rest stops and... Scenic viewpoints. Adventures, yes. Um, so you also have a bunch of sex educator superstars, mm-hmm. if yes. I may, if I may. I believe uh, that's super, fair. Superstars. Yeah. Um, doing little, like, interludes. Right. So, well, yeah, I call them scenic viewpoints, and they're basically like little turnoffs on the main structure of the book, where a different voice, that's not my voice, can explain something more in-depth about an aspect of girl sex that's important to them. Which is so great. It yeah. promotes diversity. and mm-hmm. um, Yes, and so the my... Uh, what was the chapter? What, did it, what, did it, what was my scenic viewpoint? You're in the strap-on chapter about uh, <gasps> how awesome it is to get and receive Strap on blowjobs, am I correct? Oh, yes. Well, I just wanted to hear you say it. I do do remember that I I wrote that thing. Um, Yeah, I did. I wrote about... um, It was so nice, too, because you were like, what is the thing about lesbian sex that you want to talk about Mm -hmm. so much? And I was like, you know, I just really want to talk about strap on Mm blowjobs. I just think they're... I just think they're the best. Um, I love giving them. I love uh, receiving them. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so much, like, gendered fucking going on there. And um, uh, uh, so, yeah, everybody check out Girl Sex 101, not the least of which reason to do so would be my... 500 word <laughs> but it is really good like you're obviously such a writer because like some people i had to coach through the process and you're just like bam here's this <laughs> awesome concise sexy thing but bam oh well I'm thank like, you well thanks. it was nice also to um to be like you know i'm gonna write one i'm gonna write a piece that's really horny because mm-hmm. you know sometimes when you don't have as much creative control you feel like you kind of have to be like all right, everybody, mm-hmm. we all have our clothes on and we're all gonna talk about things in a general way but i was like oh Alison Moon is going to let me write something really Well, that's what I actually really liked about, I mean, your piece. And I also wanted this book to feel a little bit sexier. Because I think a lot of sex ed books, they're, again, they're afraid of scaring people away with the talk about the sex. Right. So I wanted to be like, no, I actually want people to... And I think the problem is translating stuff, something that you read in a very sterile environment, to something Mm. that you can actually do when you're hot and excited about with somebody in bed. Right. I feel like it's a weird dissonance. And I'm like, I actually wanted to write a book, which is one of the reasons why I include the erotica, that actually turns people on and gets people excited excited and gives people good ideas of stuff that they actually want to do as opposed to like and oh this is how this works okay turn the page yeah and like, radio no, I, radio instructions right <laughs> yeah like, i want like some hot stuff and so your piece was so great because it was so from a place of like horniness it was from a place of like this is no this is turning me on and as i read i'm like i wasn't really into that but now i am like this is turning me on yes which is i think a really great sign of you know how to communicate hot things um, well, so, uh, so it's not necessarily your thing, but do you have, do you have opinions about, um, even, even going back to the gender component of mm-hmm. pegging, like when you are wearing a strap on, you can put it in somebody's 
hole mm-hmm. and there are so many different kinds of holes well, so what yeah. about the mouth hole well actually that's and that's something that my partner and I really like to do is that I, almost every time we peg it starts off with, with him sucking me off before I put my dick in his butt oh so you do love it oh I do I, I, I don't love giving them but I love receiving them so I guess oh I see it. I see I see um uh yeah so what do you what do you love about receiving oh golly I love how well again it's kind of like i love how much pleasure my partner has when they're giving me a blowjob and so this can for me it's really about like whether my partner's into it or not yeah so if somebody's giving me a blowjob because they feel like they have to like it's not going to do anything for me sure um but if somebody's giving well almost you know they have to as part of a role play and then it's a whole other thing um anyway different episode but many Uh, people many people feel with blowjobs in particular there's this myth that the person giving the blowjob isn't enjoying it and they're just doing it for their partner, which is ridiculous mm-hmm. because having things in your mouth is really nice and giving someone pleasure can bring you pleasure. Like, come on. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Which is why <laughs> you could enjoy giving head to something that doesn't actually have nerve endings in Absolutely. It. Yeah, it's a lot of... And again, like... I think part of the reason why I like pegging, kind of going back to the very beginning, is is an appreciation it gives me for the quote unquote other genders, you know, usual perspective. Right. And I like mean like literally the perspective at which they see things from. Um, I find that, I mean, you mean like somebody bent over and bouncing on your cock, right? Until so like, they come. you know, I think yeah. for like it's when you think of like nice. again, like how women's bodies are treated in this world and how many weird anxieties we have about how good looking we are, pretty we are, whatever right. word you want to use. Uh, it's really challenging to believe somebody when they say you're beautiful while they're looking up at your body from your crotch, right? Right. If you feel fat or if you feel ugly, if you think your tits are the wrong size or shape, like all that stuff that we have. So when I've been in on the other side of it, again, right. it's been really beautiful for me to see like, oh my God, like watching my partner's tits like flop around while they're riding my cock is beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's, and it's like, I, okay, now I'm, I, now I have less anxiety about my own body. Right. 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 And the same thing with like watching my partner on their knees, like choking on my cock and the, uh, their eyes watering. They don't look ugly. They look beautiful. Oh Yeah. And that, so it makes me feel like, oh, like when my mascara is running or when I'm, you know, choking and spitting on something, which I feel, I feel is kind of quote unquote gross. Right. Is actually fucking hot uh-huh. because I've seen it from uh-huh. that angle too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I think that that for me just gives me such an appreciation for so much, which allows me to kind of accept my own body and my own, you know, fluids and all that more. That's beautiful. Yeah. I like it. And, um... It also gives me appreciation for how how physically challenging thrusting for a long period of time can oh, be. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta think. You start thinking about the gym in a different way. You're <laughs> totally. like, I gotta work on my crunches. Those core muscles become very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like wrists and stuff, holding your your body up. I mean, I think strap on sex in general is a great way for for people who don't have a penis factory installed to really learn how much physical exertion it takes to really fuck somebody well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and also how good uh, how good that feels, how good it feels to uh, have a, a, a scene or a session where afterwards you feel like you've really worked it. Yeah, run a marathon, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's um, um, You know, and so let's go back to the, the strap-on blowjob. I mean, 
So you don't have nerve endings in the silicone dick that are connected to your spine. Mm-hmm. Un- yet. We're, we're working, working on, on it. it. <laughs> we're not. We're, we, you and I specifically are not working on it. I mean, but. I feel like, in a way, we're contributing <laughs> to true. it. That's true. To the Im- imperative to figure that out. Come on, people. Yes, seriously. Mad scientists. There's money in there. Even if Pfizer doesn't believe us, there's money there, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, they said I was mad back at the university, <laughs> but I'll show them. I'll show them all. You do feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. When someone is sucking your cock, they can put pressure. You know, There's pressure on your clit, pressure on your vulva from the base of the dildo. You can sometimes feel the silicone conducts um, uh, vibration and, mm-hmm. and movement. So you can kind of actually like feel like the sensation of someone sucking conducted through the whole dick on your body absolutely yeah and then yeah like you can i mean you can feel it energetically and emotionally for sure and i think the more the more times you use a silicon dick or you know a dildo the more you kind of get that like mapping on your brain parts yeah. i've definitely had moments where i'm like i'm feeling this in my clit even though it's not touching my clit yeah huh, you know which is really fucking hot yeah and amazing and magical totally yeah. and but at the same time yeah absolutely you can do all sorts of interesting things about applying pressure and touching mm-hmm. different parts of your body and i like to get fingered while i'm getting a blowjob yeah there are great double dildos um where you know i, th- I feel like the 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 sort of myth of the double dildo is like two people like bottoming to the toys simultaneously mm-hmm. but um for me i really like to sort of hold and feel the pressure of the one end Mm -hmm. of the dildo inside me while someone is, while someone's hole, whichever hole it is, is on the sort of more uh, fallacy um, extending dick side of the toy. Right. So yeah, it's kind of talking about like the share and the field though. And a couple of yeah. The, yeah. The, the share is my, that's my, that's, that's my man. That's your boo. Yeah. That's my boo right there. <laughs> Love you. Love you. <laughs> XOXO. Awesome. Little kiss emoji to the share. <laughs> Listen, Alison Moon, author, storyteller, sex educator, mega babe. Hey. Hey. Add that one to my bio. Thanks for being under the covers with me. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. It's fun to talk about things that I like in in addition to just sexy concepts. It's like sexy concepts plus pleasure. Yeah. Well, I feel like 2015 is going to be a huge year for you. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens. And if people want to ask you questions about pegging or any subject at all, that you can consent to answer to at your whim uh, or to tell you how great you are or just like recommend things or do whatever. How might they do that? Uh, info at girlsex101.com is my email address or you can find me on Twitter at the Allison Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison with two L's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, everybody should fucking do that and uh, thanks for coming over. Thank you. Thanks.
for tuning in to episode 25. Future episodes feature Poppy Cox talking about bicycles and Tristan Terramino talking about butt plugs. To stay in the loop, follow at Tina Horns S and at Into That Podcast on the Twitter. Subscribe and write us a review if you please on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And visit whyarepeopleintothat.com to subscribe to our newsletter and listen to all 25 episodes. Next month, my guest is prolific erotica author Rachel Kramer Bustle on her bread and butter. Um, and I and I think that there is this fantasy element to it of like, okay, I'm wh- whether or whether or not you're like gonna do that in real life, you can experience it via erotica. You know, you can go to a sex party. You can go to a nude hotel, you can go to a dumb matrix, you can, yeah. you know, you can have all these things happen that, um, you know, are realistic within the context of a story, mm-hmm. um, and, and you can enjoy it, like, you can enjoy it as a fantasy. I don't yeah. think we have enough space in our culture to enjoy things as fantasy. I think that we tend to take things really literally, so if someone says to you, like, my fantasy is to do this people here I want to do this right now Mm. and maybe they maybe they do want to do that now or in the future but maybe they just want to talk about it as a fantasy and I think erotica gives readers space to indulge in just the fantasy element like to to enjoy it in their mind you know and I don't think I think that even within relationships sometimes talking about fantasies can get complicated because the other person might not know where that line of like thinking about it and wanting to try it is and I think for a lot some people do read erotica with a partner but if you're reading erotica uh, on your own you are taking that space and you're you know you can enjoy it however you want you know you can identify maybe with the character who seems like you but maybe with the character who's nothing like you you know and you don't you don't know how that's gonna go as ever, Why Are People Into That is produced and hosted by Tina Horn. That's me. Our theme song is by Pine. Our website was designed by Justin Levesque. And we are exclusively sponsored by Smitten Kitten. Until next time, I'll be doing more research into the age-old question, Does butt sex make you gay? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.